Hey, how we doing? This is uh, Cal with Two Dudes and Killer Tunes with a special episode for you. And with me, I got the old man, Dave Kalashevsky, my dad. Welcome. Why, thank you, and how are you doing today? Doing great, thank you. So, um, one, obviously you got your, your hat on, your Vietnam veteran hat. Um, we're doing it a couple weeks late, but happy Veterans Day. Thank you very um, much. And our plan today is... Uh, we met up earlier, we stopped, got some burgers on the way home, and uh, as soon as the, the kids get back, we're going to have a movie fest. And what, what movies did you pick? We Are Soldiers, starring Mel Gibson, and Platoon, that Oliver Stone directed, and Oliver Stone did do a tour of duty in Vietnam. Those are the two most factual movies made about Vietnam that depict what an infantryman went through. I was in the infantry, and this is why first I Cav. First Cavalry Division, first of the 50th Infantry, and I can say these two movies are very factual. Of course, there's always embellishment to every movie. Oh, yeah. But they are the two most factual movies out there about Vietnam. And I always remember growing up, you know, I think Platoon came out in like 86. I think We Were Soldiers was a little bit after that. Yes. Um, so obviously 86, I was about 11. I remember from when first came out, you were like, that was the closest thing to, for people that weren't there to understand what it was kind of like. Yes. To even get a little bit of a flavor, which obviously it doesn't even come close to you. Touching the true experience, <laughs> we know that. Now, We Are Soldiers came out uh, a, a, a good five to ten years after Platoon. Yeah, I thought it was in the 90s. But uh, We Are Soldiers are based on a true story. Uh, and actually, it's about the 1st Cavalry Division. That I did not know. Yes, and that particular firefight... They were outnumbered somewhere in the area of 20 to 40 to 1 and won the battle, and that's what escalated the war. It was 1965. Wow. When that happened, and that escalated the war. Platoon is more when I was there in 67, 68, and that was more, that's why it's so factual to me. Because right. That's when I was. There. Right, right. In the lead up, right to when you were, because you were what, 67, 68? Yeah, December 67 to December 68. Wow. I got there approximately <clears throat> three weeks, four weeks before the big Tet Offensive broke out. Okay. Never saw my base camp again. And when I rotated out of Vietnam, I rotated out from up north. Okay. I couldn't tell you from where there was, you know. So, so yeah, and that, I believe that was Asha Valley you were in, like one of the hot spots? Asha Valley, uh, Way, which was a definitely, a, that was the first place we went to after 10 Offensive. Asha Valley, Quezon, where the Marines were surrounded for 70 some days. I was part of the force that broke through to, to help get them out. I never set foot in case on itself. Right. Uh, I did step foot into Way because we took over one part of the city, uh, cleared that out. 
uh, Wei, Dong Ha, Aisha Valley, Kaesan. I couldn't even tell you the Right, other right. So, out of the Vietnam War actually grew great music. Yes. You know, um, yes. <laughs> without a doubt. Um, you know, a little bit before then, you know, like 64, I think it was when the Beatles kind of had their first, uh, you know, taste of infamy, I'll say. And then uh, as it got, you know, more and more. But the, from your perspective, is it tough to kind of reconcile how good this music is when a lot of it is actually against me being over here? Do you know what I mean? Like, could you separate the two to, you know? When you, were, when you were in the downtime with the little that you had, and I know you always said there was one of two kinds of people. You had your drinkers and your smokers. Yes. Uh, which one were you? I was the drinker. Okay. I remember, I remember you saying that's one of the very factual things of like platoon. When you do have downtime, you kind of, everyone went in their own group, and you didn't really co-mingle too much. Well, actually. Well, not that you didn't, but. By platoon, we did mm. co-mingle. And there was actually two bunkers. One was the smoking bunker, and the other was the. But there was plenty of times. Well, you're hanging out and playing cards. Oh yeah, that's good. But that's because we were in the same group all the time. So it, we didn't care if you smoked or right. not. They didn't right. give a shit if we were Which you shouldn't. Yeah, which you shouldn't, because I mean, it, it's the epitome of like a team, right? Yes. No matter who does what, y'all want to hang out, have a good time, enjoy the wins and the losses yes. together, as they say, right? And enjoy the time off. Absolutely. Which we did. <laughs> I bet you did. Yeah. <laughs> um, so back to some of the music, like. Um, what do you remember about that, kind of your time and during that whole, kind of call it five to seven years where it just kind of exploded? Well, first of all, you mentioned the Beatles, but the group that I loved the most uh, coming out of England were the Rolling Stones. Okay. That's, yeah, uh, absolutely. Don't get me wrong. I like the Beatles, too, but I preferred the Rolling right, Stones. Right, absolutely. And then there were other groups that came out of there that were very good. The one thing that I remembered is there was... Good music coming out, uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. We'll get to that. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Jefferson Airplane. Mm -hmm. uh, let me see, The Doors. Yep. A lot of great groups, and I actually liked every one of their music. Mm -hmm. Because they did not, for lack of better terminology, piss me off about anything. <laughs> right, right. Uh if they did, it was more veiled and yeah, intense. <laughs> it was. And I, you know, there were the ones like, uh, oh, God, what was her name? Joan Baez. Joan Baez. She was singing about Against the War. And Joni oh, Mitchell. Joni Mitchell. When you went against the war, you didn't go against the war. You went against the guys Correct. that served there. Right. Which a lot of them didn't choose to be over there. They were drafted, yes. you know, and, and you have these guys that are 18 to 20 years old, a lot of them. And I got to imagine out of all the experience, you, you know, when you do come home that you're hoping to finally be like, I'm done with that. I get to be around my own people, but then those people are all pissed off at you. I, I was. And that was one of the horrible things that ever came out of it. I was ostracized for, I couldn't even tell you how many years. Uh, I would walk down the street. Well, I remember coming home, 
and I was on a flight when I hit Metro Airport. I'm in my uniform. I'm proud. I'm home. I, that's I was home. That's, right. You know. And the next thing I know is the aisle just parted like this, and I'm going, "What the hell is going on?" I'm I'm turning around, thinking there's somebody important right, behind. Right. No, they just didn't want nothing. The rumor was, "We'll kill you just as fast as we uh -huh, get you," right. and that was false. Right. Yeah, I mean, especially back then, I mean, when there's no information almost, other than what exactly they wanted you to see, right? Now you have the 24-hour news cycle. You can't get yeah. away from it, and you wish you could. But, exactly. Uh, you know, it'd be nice to have some sort of balance there. Um, you know, I actually did a, a poll on one of my socials about your favorite Vietnam-era song, but was made, not made in the 60s or 70s, so it had to be in the 1980s or after. And there wasn't that many. But the one that I put on there was R.E.M., Orange Crush. Yes. And that's actually about Agent Orange. Right. You know, some people are like, I think that's about the pop or the soda, as yeah. some call it. But no, that's about Agent Orange. And, uh, and I'm not sure if there was a connection with Michael Stipe to someone that was suffering from it or if it was just something that he strongly believed in and felt, you know, never got enough voice, you know, back when they should have. First of all, they told all the GIs over there, this is harmless, don't worry about it. Right. Well, as it turns out, it affected everybody that was over there. Mm -hmm. Whether you're in the field or in the just sitting in the office, or you know. Yes, because they sprayed around the uh, base camps. So if you were sitting in an office, guess what's getting on you? Right, absolutely. But if you were in the field, you had to walk out, uh -huh, and walk back, back in. in, and then if you came in for downtime, same thing. Right. So it got everybody, mm -hmm. and I. Could speak from experience Absolutely. on that one because I've yeah, and then I mean you know obviously you know even you know friends of yours or yeah. you know uh, friend friends dads or whatever yeah. you know they they've fallen to it over the years and it's definitely a shame yes. uh, without a doubt. The other one that is probably the most famous one that I, at least that I can think of um, was Allison Chain's song Rooster. That one I can't say that I know. So. It's a it's a huge uh, hit for them. It's kind of a slower, um, but it's about the lead singer Lane Staley. His dad is the rooster. Okay. Um. Um, and it's actually uh, I want to play it for you. And the funny, th kind of the funny thing is, is I remember you uh, showing me some of the the stories that you had written. And when I I remember there was a story about a rooster. Yes. And it was. As soon as I read that, I thought of this song, and I, every time I see this song, hear this song, whatever, all I can think about is this story. And so I, I, you have to tell this. <laughs> okay, we came in for downtime, and downtime. Like one of the only times you were gone out for we months. Were, we were gone for like six weeks or something, out in the jungle in the field. We called it the field. And we, they finally said, okay, we got somebody to take over for you guys. You got downtime for four days. Usually it was three or four days. So the first thing you do is you get a hold of the beer or the smoke, whatever, and we're just partying. And we partied till like four or five o'clock in the morning, and everybody's blasting. So we actually passed out. Everybody passed out. There's like 
20 of us. There's 10 in a uh, platoon, or in a squad, I'm sorry, 40 in a platoon. So there was probably two squads. And we're sitting there, and like at 5.20, this rooster starts crowing and wakes us up. And everybody's going, what the hell is going on here? What's going on? So I says, that's a damn rooster. And I know because my grandparents owned the farm and I remember hearing these. So I says, this rooster will not do this tomorrow morning. So me and two other guys, we went out. We caught this rooster. We enticed it to come over with food or whatever. And we and we took it into the next building over, which was empty. And we put a rope around its neck, wrapped it around the beam, and we hung the rooster. <laughs> and the rooster, the last thing I remember doing was, oh. So the next morning, things are fine because we got blasted again. This is what you did on downtime. Right, right. You're like 18 years old. I was 19. <laughs> 19, so I yeah. I was 19 at the time. And this is what you did to forget about what's going on. Oh, so on. you're the one with the wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> so as the next morning at about 10, 10.30, it was a base camp that we weren't from. We, they just sent us there for downtime. Right. The first sergeant is walking around. I can hear him saying, where's my damn pet rooster? Where's my damn pet? <laughs> he walks into where all of us are. And we had probably started drinking again by that time, because it had to be 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and he says, does anybody know where my pet rooster is? No, we don't have a clue. And he goes into the next building and he sees it hanging there. <laughs> he comes back and he says, did one of you son of a bitches hang my pet rooster? And I says, why would we do that? He says, I'm going to get even with all you guys. And I looked at him and I says, and what exactly are you going to do? Put us in the infantry and send us to Vietnam? <laughs> he says, you, you son of a bitch, I don't ever want to see you again. And then he threw us all out of that one, so we had to go next door to the empty one. And he says, cut down my rooster. I says, no, you cut it down, it's your goddamn rooster. <laughs> And he did, and that was it. We never saw him again. <laughs> but that rooster didn't wake us up at 5 o'clock in the morning either. Well, I would say you definitely came to snuff that rooster. That's why, That's the line of the song. Yeah. So yeah, every time I hear that, I always think of you telling that story. And oh, like yeah. The fact that you guys had no business even being there. They just kind of like yeah, welcomed it, you in, right? Yeah. It was, I don't even, I, we were the first cab, and they sent our company to whoever's base camp it was. It could have been 101st Airborne, mm. 173rd Airborne. could have been 4th uh, Division. could have been anybody. Right. So, and I couldn't tell you which it was. That's too many years ago for me to remember. All right. So well, I'm sure we're going to even talk more about that later as we dig into those movies, right? <laughs> yes. Um, oh, and by the way, <laughs> our buzz is brought to you today by M43. Um out of Williamston and Coors Banquet. Out of Colorado. Yep. What up? So yeah, so Old Nation Brewery out of Williamston, Michigan. Really good beer. I'm 43. All right, so we talked about a little bit of music, so let's dig a little deeper. I know that we've been to two concerts together, 
Yes. I think the first one was actually it was a weekend event. It was a bachelor party. Yep. In Chicago. Correct. Adam Pickler, uh, who was actually uh, episode twelve guest on this show. Um, and I don't know that we touched on it. So yeah, we actually went to Chicago for his bachelor party. It was you know me and Adam and Paul and Neil, yeah. Bob, Juice, uh, Mike Geese, Mike Geese, and then Herb Pickler, Adam's dad, uh, yes, who was also a big fan. He follows us on social, so a shout out to Herb Pickler too. So yeah, we went to Chicago. Yeah, and uh. Saw a soccer game of fire. Yeah, exactly. We went to Soldier Field and saw the Chicago Fire play. Yes. Uh, the MLS team. And so we're at the game, which is super cool. You're in Soldier Field. I mean, it wasn't packed. You know, it was MLS early days. They, don't, they weren't carrying a huge crowd back right. then. But then as the game's going on, I mean, I just remember just drinking the whole game. <laughs> all of a sudden, we hear that Wilco uh, is going to be performing in the end zone a free concert. Right. And because uh, they're actually based out of Chicago so I mean I remember almost everyone leaves the stadium after the game and we're like oh my god this is amazing because we were all you know big Wilco fans and it happened that we didn't have to move it was right in front of where we were sitting exactly and then there's maybe I would say a hundred people you know <laughs> if that if that but that was Wilco back in the you know the early to late 90s you know somewhere in there and I mean, just seeing them, and we actually saw Wilco's biggest fan there, which <laughs> i got to imagine, being the biggest fan ever, they're probably following around and seeing him a lot more over the last 25-plus years. Yeah. But uh, the thing I remember, you know, one, like I said, Wilco is awesome. I'm glad you got to see him because they're always one of my favorites. But remember that night, um, like I said, we were feeling no pain at the game. Um then we go out, go back to the hotel, we're kind of figuring out who's going, and we all decide we're going to go out to the bar. Yeah. And then, uh, if I remember right, we were at the bar for a little bit. We went to Dick's Last Resort. Okay. We went to Dick's Last Resort, and if I remember correctly, Paul ended up heading back a little earlier than everyone, along with some others. <laughs> Paul had had enough to yep. drink and got into an argument with the cab driver. Yes. And he says... For lack of better terminology, go to hell. <laughs> it was worse than that, but go to hell. I'm going back. And we said, Paul, come on, we'll take care of you. Don't worry about it. So I know it was me, you, Pickler, and Bob ended up. Well, actually, so it was a bunch of us ended up. But by the very end, it ended up, it was like 3 o'clock in the morning. Your bars closed at 4. Bars closed at 4, and it was me and you, Mike Geese. Yeah. And Neil. It was just oh, the four of us. Yeah. Even Pickler. Had, and by this time, I mean, there's hardly anyone in the crowd. Mm. You know, no one's even in the bar. And I mean, we've been going for like 12 plus hours at this point. And I remember his music's playing, and Neil's on the dance floor all by himself. <laughs> remember that? And he's just That's dancing. <laughs> you know, doing his solo dance. And then there was, he was the main dance floor, and then there was like three steps up to like the main one, and then he went running, and then he caught his toe on that and fell like, and then he gets he just, up and just keeps dancing. He did a belly flop. He <laughs> gets right up like, oh, I meant to do that. Yeah. And I think we pretty much rolled in about the same time when Pickler was getting up. <laughs> Here I am, I just get undressed, brush my teeth, get undressed, get into bed, 
And Herb wakes up and says, so tell me everything that went on tonight. I says, you got to be kidding me. He says, no, I want to know because he didn't feel well enough to hit all the bars with us. So he stayed back. And then obviously went to sleep and he had enough sleep. So, But I do know for a fact, after I talked to him for a good hour, hour and a half, we all left at 9, 9.30 in mm -hmm. the morning or whatever. And I slept four and a half hours all the way back. Hell yeah, I remember that was a rough one. Yeah. Actually, I ended up, because I was traveling for work or whatever, so I actually flew in. Um, and then I think I drove home with someone on the way home. That was a rough drive. Oh, that was a very rough drive. Thank God I didn't drive. That, that one was definitely a funny one. Now, the other one, though, was actually... Um, so we have what we call our Forever Five yeah. on, on Two Dudes and Killer Tunes. And really what that is, is if, if you're stranded and you can only have five bands or artists, their whole collection, their, all their albums and everything else, you could, but you could only have five of them, who would they be? Well, this next one is one of mine, which is Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Definitely one of mine. I mean... I know that we went to see him. I've seen him just as Crosby, Stills, and Nash before, but we went and saw Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young um, at the Palace of Auburn Hills. Yeah. And, I mean, to this day, that's one of the best shows I've ever seen. I mean. They always put on, actually, they've put on, they started, I think that their first concert that they ever did was, uh, oh, what's the hell, the one that they had in New York? Woodstock? Woodstock, the first time they performed in front of an audience. The four of them. The four of yeah. them. And they performed there, and everybody loved it. Mm -hmm. And from then on, everybody wanted to see them, get their music, their albums, or mm -hmm. tapes, or back then it was albums, but <laughs> the yeah. tapes no, and everything else. Absolutely. And when you and Paul, my other son, and, and Neil, for that matter, Invited me to go see Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I says, oh, I ain't missing this Absolutely. for nobody. Yep. And actually, uh, my old work buddy, Johnny V. Yes. He, he just bought a random ticket, but he came, he came down over there with us. Yes. Um, and, I, I, one, I've always been a Neil Young fan. I've seen him quite a few times live. You know, seen Crosby, Stills, and Nash live. But then to see it all together, and then you hear some of those iconic songs, like uh, Ohio. Yes. Um, uh, Cut yeah. Your Hair. Yeah, Teach the Children. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. All, and, you know, it's funny because... Woodstock was another yeah. one. That and I, did. you know, even at that time, there were songs like, holy crap, I guess I never really realized this was them, you know. Yeah. And I still hear, you know, my kids say that. Our house. Yeah. You know, I heard that on my playlist, like... Wait, this is Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I was like, we know this song. <laughs> they were very famous, had a super large following mm -hmm. throughout the United, all throughout the world. Oh, basically. absolutely. And, I mean, he had, like you said, Neil Young's guitar, and, I mean, just the yeah. harmonies between Nash and Crosby, and then you had Stephen uh, Stills' the guitar, yes. and, I mean, his voice. It's like... To have all of that talent, they just found a way to make it work. Yeah, it you know? was amazing. And to see them live, if you put on a tape or a CD or an album, and then go see them live, it sounds exactly a, the know. same thing live. All those harmonies and yes. all that live, it's amazing how they could do that. Yes. And uh, actually now Crosby's gone. He's yes. the first one, so, you know, 
we always say that if there's someone that you like or you want to see even just a little bit, go see them because you never know. I yeah, mean, especially exactly. when you're talking about guys that are 80. Well, you, you know, you mentioned the Stones. They're yeah. touring right now. At, you they're, know. they're all in their 80s. <laughs> Some of them look like they're 180. I saw this meme the other day. It's a picture of Keith Richards like, when he's 20, right? <laughs> yeah. And then there's like three babies. It says Keith Richards waiting for the other Rolling Stones to grow up to start a band. Oh. <laughs> he's like, he's never dying. He's perfectly pickled. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I when I remember Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, though, besides all those killer tunes and everything, was you actually got us thrown out of the palace, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> Technically. We, we went there, the four of us, me, Cal, Paul, my other son, and Neil. Co-host, Neil Rose. It, it was the end of the concert. So we're walking out, and then they come back in. And they said, okay, we're going to do an encore. So I says, I'm looking around, and there was this steps. And I go in there, and I says, there's nobody in here. It was like a booth. Come on in here, and we can watch it. So... <laughs> As we're watching it, and they said, this is our last song, this is our favorite song to do, which I don't remember which one. I don't was. either. Yeah. And we're sitting there, and we're watching it. We're not bothering nobody. We're not even drinking. Right. We're just watching this, and then we're going to leave after this song. Just like everyone else in the whole place. Yes. And <laughs> one, actually there were two, but I'm going to start with the one bouncer or usher or usher. whatever comes up and because Neil happened to be the furthest back of us he comes up and he grabs Neil and says come on I'm throwing all you guys out of here there's just the four of us <laughs> that are standing there watching yes 60 year old men sing and the guys and Neil is getting a little mad Neil's getting a little mad and they're having words. Well, then this other usher comes up, and I says, okay, I got to defuse the situation. I step between me and the other usher, and I says, you don't want to go no further. <laughs> and he said, and why is that? I says, because I'm a Vietnam veteran, and I'll put you down so fast, <laughs> you won't even know what the hell happened to you. We are leaving as soon as the song is over. Grab your friend, get the hell away from us, and watch us walk out. And he says, yes, sir, whatever you say, sir. And I thought, boy, that was easy. <laughs> I remember <laughs> when he was saying, that old son of a bitch ain't going to throw us <laughs> He had to be maybe like eight years older than you. <laughs> yeah. And I, mean, I don't even know how old I was, but I'm going to say 40, 50, I don't know. And I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah, you're probably, it was probably about late 50s or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, I'll never forget that show. Um, just so much, uh, when, so much great music. It was great, obviously, me, you, Paul, and having Neil there with us. We had a great and, time. Didn't bother nobody. No. We were just there for fun. No, the one thing I do remember, Johnny V was singing helpless remember yeah. uh Neil Young sings it and yeah. Johnny was singing on top of his lungs and some guy that must have been you know mid-60s starts shut the hell and starts yelling at him and which I get you know some people don't like when people sing but yeah. I mean 
you're also at a concert, you know, yeah. you kind of, but, uh, you know, it was fun. And, you know, again, we saw history. I mean, it's one of the most iconic bands out there. Yes, it um, was. And you'll never see them again. No. But what I will not, say. Not, not together. Right, not, not all of them. And uh, if you're missing Crosby, you're missing a huge voice. Yes, you are. And a great stash. Yes. <laughs> that I can, yeah, testify to. So. One, this is your first time on the show, obviously, but you were part of a special we did for Two Dudes and Killer Tunes. You were in the crowd during our draft order party. Yes, that's yeah, right. So uh, when we did uh, for our fantasy football draft, and you know we were here, all here partying, so we did uh, did the draft as an episode. Um, but you were kind of indirectly involved in another two dudes um, activity. So that was the big surprise oh, birthday party. Yes, yes. So, again, we talked about on the show before and posted the video. Um, we had the surprise party for my wife, Emily. And we disguised it as a two dudes party, you know, everyone yeah. was coming over. But you were here for that. Yes. And, you know, of course, I'm worried the whole time. And uh, touchdown, U of M, great quorum. Um, so... Usually, you know, I'm so worried that she's going to find out or whatever. And, you know, I find her, you know, I'm checking the app. She's right down the street. And I'm trying to get everyone quiet. We got everyone in the kitchen. She's coming to the front door. And the one thing I will not forget is you being like that little dog that nips your ass <laughs> that whole time. Being all making real comments and trying to keep everyone quiet. You want to talk about almost getting floored. <laughs> but no. Uh, I know you were just trying to add uh, some fun to it, but yeah. I'll never forget. I, you know, I was so happy you could be there to, to be a part of that. And I would have never missed it. She's my daughter-in-law, <laughs> your wife. I was, I was going to be there come hell or high water. Absolutely. But I'll never forget. You know, she came walking in. We had about you know, 25, 30 people in the kitchen just silent. And she didn't even notice for like 10 seconds that you were all even standing there. Exactly. It's great when you see the video. Um, the other thing that I wanted to actually bring up, I will never forget whenever we would drive anywhere, and if it was just me and you in the car, it might be me, you, and Paul, or even all four of us with Mom in the car, but you would always play Name That Tune. Yeah. The song would come on the radio, hey, do you know who sings this? And of course, we would never know, and we would guess either Elvis or the Beatles. Yeah. And it was like once out of like every 20 times, we'd actually get it right. <laughs> Well, that's because I always played the oldie station. It's because that's what I grew up with. No, and you know what? Especially you didn't have much choice back then. You didn't oh, have many true. stations and that. But, you know, I, I always, we talked about it before. I mean, a lot of our musical tastes start with our parents. You know, that's the first yes. time we're really being exposed well, to actually, it. actually, the first time you were exposed to Crosby, Still, Dash, and Young is when you were smaller. Absolutely. Because they were huge. I remember, yeah, your records. You know, he had yeah. the Doors. You had some Zeppelin. I remember yeah. Bread, yeah. Uh, the Buster Bread. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, a lot of times kids pick that up, and sometimes they go with it right away. Other times they kind of come back to it. Like yeah. with my kids, like Kennedy hated all my music, and now like we're going to concerts together. Yeah. Avery was kind of like me, a little sore to actually take to music. You know, where Paul really got more into yeah. music earlier on than I did. Um, but I always play that game with them, you know. Uh, hey, who sings this? And do the same thing. They never have any idea. <laughs> and then I have to give them the whole background of yeah. it, you know, just like you're used to with us. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, that's part of parents teaching children. Absolutely. And it's, and it's one of those things that, you, you know, like, 
I never force it on them. They just kind of learn. You know, you expose them to it, and if they take it, great. If not, you know, there's some lessons you drill into them. There's other lessons that you kind of, you know, expose them to it, and they figure it out from there. They yeah. like it or they don't. So. Yes, exactly. Um, that's, you know, I really didn't have much, much else to go over. There was one other thing in the Going Out song. Um, <laughs> I think if I found the right one, let's see. Uh, so if I remember right, you actually joined the band up on stage sometimes to sing part of the song. Yes, I would do the bass. I would do the ball, 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 and I had to sign 20 autographs <laughs> because they thought I was part of the band. <laughs> I said, okay, now. <laughs> and they're probably looking at this to this day if it's been passed. <laughs> Who the hell is this guy? Yeah, it's Dave Kalashevsky. Oh, my God, he's that awesome bowler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people didn't know that the original singers of Blue Moon. The Marcells. The Marcells were all black. Mm -hmm. And I'm the one white guy up there. Right. And they're thinking, oh, he's got to be... Wait, what white guy sings bass? <laughs> Except for uh, Bowser from Sha-na-na. Yeah, oh, yeah. Which, Sha-na-na, I believe, played Woodstock. And they did. And they were, such, they were like a warm-up band. Uh-huh. But they became huge after... 20 years after, uh -huh. or whatever. I remember watching that with you. It'd be on like Friday nights yes. or something, Friday or Saturday or yeah. whatever. Yeah, and Bowser, the whole crop, there was like 10 of them, 8 of them. Yeah, like oh that. yeah, oh yeah. And Bowser was the, the <laughs> hit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Dad, I'm really glad that you joined us today. Uh, I had a lot of fun with you. Um, everyone else out there, make sure you check all of our socials. Um, season 2 is going to be dropping January 3rd, Tuesday, January 3rd at midnight. Make sure to check it out. Check all of our socials, and uh, we'll give you updates there. Thanks.